sound like that, then it turns into a masterpiece. It turns into a masterpiece. I'm a canvas with a lot of spatters and brush marks. Keep your remarks, cause the artist ain't done with me yet. Cause I'm going through the muck and the mire. All of the hell and the fire. So when I come out on the other side, I will be such a desire. Like a Picasso or a Van Gogh or a porcelain. All right. What's up, everybody? It's Steph, Steph the Pharaoh, also known as Steph and Pacheco. Today, this is Luxic View Mindset, episode 11. I'm extremely blessed to have Kyle Stanley out of Fresno, California on with us today. You guys are in for a treat. Uh, Kyle, he's a real estate investor. He's doing a lot of different types of real estate investing in, uh, you know, just real estate in general. And he's going to share with us his story today and a lot of what he has going on and how you can even get started as a real estate investor. Kyle also has a podcast, The Fearless Flipping Podcast. It's been around for quite some time. You can also find him on YouTube. Uh, but without further ado, Kyle, man, thank you for carving out some time for me today because uh, I know you're extremely busy with all of the real estate endeavors that you're doing um, and all of the Airbnbs that you're managing and you know just uh, renting out, man. So again, yeah. thank you for, for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Stefan. Um, I, I'm excited to talk to you and, and to talk mindset, to talk real estate, talk Airbnb, especially. Um, I do want to make sure people know I, I changed the name of the podcast recently. It's the Fearless Investor instead of Fearless Flipping anymore, because I just found that I wasn't really talking about flipping anymore. So okay, okay. <laughs> probably changed so the name. That's more uh, suitable because like you're in, I mean, I feel like you're in a four to five, six, maybe different categories in like the real estate space, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely spanned over uh, a number of different exit strategies for sure. And then I'll, I'll capitalize on that later, but uh, I like not being narrow-minded in a, in a, in an industry just because it gives you, you know, more leeway to not be a one trick pony is, is what other people would say, you know, just have different uh, investment strategies, but you know, Kyle, um, I've actually seen you on a few different podcasts, and it's it's interesting how I actually found out about you. Um, it was back in I believe like 2018 is when I first came across uh, your page, and I was I was uh, listening to the podcast. I believe get paid for your pad. Yep. Um, and you were talking about the mother-in-law strategy, and yeah. honestly, <laughs> at that time, I was working a job, um, and you know, I was, I was kind of unhappy with that job. And I was like, man, there, there got to be something else I could be doing. And then somehow, I don't know, like I said, I don't know how I found your, your profile, but you were talking about Airbnb. And I really liked that interview, honestly, because you went on and you were just very casual about it. And you were saying, Hey, like, this is what the possibilities are. So that's what, uh, you know, caught my interest and following you. And ever since then, man, I mean, I've seen you grow. And even then you were just, I think you had just gotten started in like uh, real estate investing. Yeah. So it was, it was actually 2019. Um, and I want to say I was on that show probably like around ooh, August, September, but yeah, that's, that's funny, man. Um, you and then you find out probably that I live 45 minutes away from you and you're like, yeah, what yeah. the heck? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no, I mean, uh, that was actually the first podcast I had ever even been on. I had just released my podcast a couple months before. And I think at that point I had five Airbnbs. And now today, by the end of February, uh, we'll be at 30. Wow. Yeah. 30 Airbnbs. That's, I mean, shoot. And, and even when, um, even when we had gone in and um, I had, 
you know, asked you to, to be my mentor when I was trying to get started, you had mm-hmm. I think, only six teams. So within the year, I mean, you grew double practically. I mean, so when you and I met, I was at nine or 10 oh, and wow. it was, it was actually COVID that like really, um, ended up being the, the, um, catalyst, believe it or not, like, you know, COVID stopped the growth for about two or three months, but then on the other side of it, I was just, you know, on my podcast, on my YouTube channel, on my Facebook, uh, with the relationships, um, everyone was just wondering how is Airbnb going? And I was just telling them, you know, we're, we're thriving. Like it's crazy that people are still booking our Airbnbs. Yeah. We had to drop our rates a little bit, but occupancy stayed strong. And, and it was like, I think it was at that moment that people were like, oh my gosh, if Airbnb like can survive a pandemic, then it probably can survive just about anything. And so, um, on the other side of that in June, I just had all of these investors and homeowners that came to me and were just saying, Hey, what would it cost for me to hire you as a manager? And what would I make? And when they saw that, you know, they would still make three to four times as much, even after paying me a management fee, it was a no brainer for them. So, um, in about three months, we added another 10 and doubled. And then um, like I said, uh, basically got to to 25 by the end of 2020. So long story short, I went from zero to 25. Um, that's 20K net income per month in under 18 wow. months after the day that I decided to start Airbnb. Wow. And and uh, I remember you talking about before, you know, you got your start doing Airbnb back in, in was it not, I don't know if it was Phoenix, but I know it was in Arizona. You were living yeah. in Arizona, right? Yeah. I mean, I started it just like how most people started. And actually I just posted a video um, and I, and I did this on my podcast as well about the, what I think the future of Airbnb and short-term rentals is. And in order to really like uh, predict properly, I did some research on the, the back end, and I said, well, what, what was this industry like before 2008 when it really started to get some, some momentum, but Airbnb started off just as the, all, all that Brian Chesky ever thought it would ever be is just a couch surfing uh, profile or, you know, a platform that people could just, you know, instead of college students, people, you know, who are adventurous, you know, going to Europe and saying, oh, I don't want to pay for, you know, this kind of thing, a a hotel or a hostel or whatever it is. And and I just want to sleep on someone's couch. That's ever, that's all he ever thought it would be. And like, that's all I ever thought it would be for me. Cause in, it was 2015. I bought my first home and I was freaking out. I was like, Oh my gosh, the mortgage is much more than I thought. And even though I have a couple of roommates, like I want to live for free. And my buddy told me about Airbnb and he was like, dude, I'm making basically just under $1,500 a month renting out a room in his apartment uh, in Vegas. And I was wow. like, okay, that's all I needed to hear. So I, I was five minutes from the Cubs complex, five minutes from the Giants complex, right next to Old Town Scottsdale. I was like, this is going to kill. And it did. And um, it wasn't, though, man, until three years later when I finally like took the blinders off and realized that I was missing out on a huge opportunity and not uh, and not doing entire houses. And um, I was I was so stoked about a thousand dollars a month of just running out of room that it was blinding me to what the real opportunity was, which was much more thousands of dollars to be able to not only do it in full houses, but houses that I didn't even own. And that's when it really took off. Now, I mean, it sounds like you had somewhat of an entrepreneurial like spirit early on. I mean, have you always been that way? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, 
we grow up either being like our parents or not wanting to be like our parents. Right. And so I remember when I was a really young kid, I was like, yeah, I want to be like dad and, and have my own business and, and, you know, be able to control my own schedule. And then I got older and I was like, ah, screw that. I'm going to be a sports broadcaster and I'm going to be the play by play guy for the Chicago Cubs. And, and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and, and like be the next ESPN guy. And it was funny. Cause like I got into that space and I was like, wait, I don't like taking orders from other people. <laughs> I like freedom. <laughs> I like being able to have creative freedom, time freedom, uh, financial freedom, especially like, you know, job just stands for just over broke. Um, and I, and I don't mean that offensively to anyone with a nine to five job, but, um, most jobs, I'd say 99% of jobs are just going to do exactly that. They're going to dangle enough in front of you and give you enough, enough sense of security. And by the way, this is all from rich dad, poor dad. If you've not read that, you need to read that book Seriously. by Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, but you know, he talks about, it. he's like, it's just enough to dangle in front of you, uh, health benefits and, um, you know, overtime and, and just a secured paycheck. And, and then you realize when you open your eyes that it's the opposite of financial freedom and that corporations are the ones that make the most money. I'm not talking about big corporations. I'm talking about literally if, you know, Steph the Pharaoh just goes and, and makes an LLC, Steph the Pharaoh, um, and does the exact same thing, but goes and does it on his own, he can get paid way more because he's not going to pay the government and taxes first. And so Long story short, I just started to realize like, yeah, that's where I want to be. I don't want to be working for someone else and putting 50% of my paycheck to Uncle Sam. So started a business, failed, um, did a lot of business ventures. Those did, I mean, when I say fail, you know, it, it just didn't work. Um, and I learned from it and I moved on and I, I gained skills though along the way, man. Um, so when you ask this question of like, you know, have I always been an entrepreneur? And I think at heart, yes. Um, but it was the culmination of all these different things that I did that gave me the, the sales skills, the networking skills, the discipline. You know, when you work on your own, you have to find a way to be disciplined and, and creating a routine um, because at the end of the day, you have no boss. Like your why is your boss. The reason that you're getting up in the morning to do things is your boss. And, and if that's not strong enough, then you're just not going to get stuff done. Um, so it just like all this culmination of different, um, I don't want to call them failed attempts, but just learning attempts in different business ventures eventually led me to real estate where I was like, okay, this is what God's been preparing me for. And I am going to just go balls to the wall. And uh, I have all the means to be able to make this work. And, and it's, it's just been so exciting to see the life changes here in just, you know, a couple short years. Now, I mean, what you said is, is just amazing because I think that's how life prepares us. You know, we go through all these different failed attempts and whatever it is, and we find out, Hey, this is what I'm made of. This is what I can tolerate. This is my skill set. And I think without those opportunities, people don't know who they are. People are never like testing themselves to that ability. You know, mm -hmm. I, I mean, just this last year, uh, in the, in the midst of the whole pandemic, you know, um, I was kind of put in a, the same situation. I was working for a company. I kind of got let go. I was doing sales for them predominantly in the solar and, and construction space. And um, it just kind of didn't work out. And when I wanted to start the Airbnb, I was like in this weird spot of, hey, I just like all the money that I was putting into my place, you know, it is did, things didn't work out. But then ultimately, uh, working for myself and, and following through with what I knew how to do ended up saving me, you know, um, 
Now, in your situation, I just wanted to kind of go back a little bit. You mentioned all of these different jobs. Was was all of this before or after or during school? When you, because I know you went to college. Sorry, you cut out there. Was it all before or after what? A school like college. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so in school, school was my job. Um, in high school and in college, like you know, I I had some side jobs. I had some internships. I got to intern for the San Diego Padres, which was amazing. Like I have some of the best life um, stories um, where I got to meet you know, and shake hands with people that never thought I'd be able to shake hands with, which was, you know, Tony Gwynn and, and um, some of the like big time guys with the Padres. It was, it was so cool. Uh, but, you know, those were the things that were my quote unquote jobs. And that's, again, going back to Kiyosaki, like that, I, I had that Kiyosaki mindset before ever even knowing who Robert Kiyosaki was. And that was, you know, you get paid uh, by doing stuff for high level people um, of where you want to go for free or for very little. Um, and so I created a TV show, um, when I was there in San Diego as a college student. And, um, that was pretty organic how it happened, but you know, I did it for free. Like I didn't get paid for that. Um, and you know, of course the, the station, um, gave me all like the, it was the NBC in San Diego. They gave me the entire studio to be able to record this with some interns. And, and, you know, a lot of people probably look at that and say like, you should have been paid for that. You're on TV, you're making them money, but no, like I got to be next to people that were getting paid for it at a very high level. And they got to teach me how to make this better, how to write a better script, how to get a better frame shot, how to be a better producer, how to be a better director, how to, how to be a better on-camera person, all this stuff. And, I, and I've used those same things I learned in that intern uh, environment for the rest of my career. Now, the one time I didn't do it was the very first time I ever, per, uh, ever started my own business. And for some reason, at that point, and I think this is more of an ego thing, I just said, you know what? I, I can figure this out. And there's one thing that Warren Buffett says, it's that um, the easiest way to learn is from mistakes, but no one ever said they had to be your own. Uh, and, and so, and I heard this just a couple weeks ago from actually Ty Lopez brought it up in Clubhouse, which by the way, get on Clubhouse, that thing is amazing. Um, so I heard this and I was like, man, you know, like I, I thought back to when I started my own business and I was just like, yeah, I learned a lot because I made a lot of mistakes, but like no one ever said those had to be my mistakes. I could have easily taken out high level business people to lunch, um, paid for mentorship, purchased courses. Um, I could have done all of that, but even just bought a $7 book. Um, and, but I just was so like, no, I can do this. I can figure it out. This is a great service and a great product that I'm selling. Like I'll figure it out and, and I'll take it to the top. And I never did. And I just always struggled. And so that was the one time in my life I didn't do it. And that would be the one time that if I could go back and, you know, tell my 23 year old self as I'm starting a business, Hey, you know, spend a couple thousand dollars, get a course or get a mentor. And just like that will 10 X your income, like not just in the next year, but probably in the next couple months. Um, and, and that's honestly at the end of the day, like that's where I think it's at. It's, it's not, and no offense to people who go to school and believe in school, but like I've learned so much of my entrepreneurial and business stuff from people, some that never went to college. Um, and I definitely didn't learn it from college professors. Um, so <laughs> I think that, you know, we can definitely, um, 
especially in real estate, like it's just a formula. You learn a formula. You don't have to go to school for years. You don't, you don't even have to become a realtor. You don't even have to get a license if you don't want to in most states. Um, so it, it's pretty special what we're able to do in today's world. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're dropping a lot of value. What I wanted to ask you, you know, you said that that first business at 23, you started and, and it didn't take off as to where you wanted it. What were you in at that time? So that was a uh, sports videography company that I was making videos for high school athletes. And it eventually turned into full on like helping kids get recruited. So basically sports recruitment from high school to college. Okay. And at that time you just, you found out that there was a lot more that needed to be in. I mean, were you trying to create a system for what you were doing? Cause I know like I found that to be my struggle creating the system. Yeah. Systems are my favorite things. Um, so yeah, I, I was so here, here's what I would say is I was so concerned with being everything for everyone mm -hmm. at that time. Um, because it was, it was such a, it wasn't like, Hey, we're opening up a subway and we're going to go, you know, take a system that's already been proven. It was a completely new business model, um, that we had very little competition. And so, um, when you look at that, you don't have this copy paste model of being like, okay, let's just go and do what they did and do it the exact same way. It was like, Hey, it feels like no one's really done this. So let's just figure it out on our own. And in figuring out on our own, the biggest mistake I ever made was trying to be everything for everyone. So as I mentioned, it started off as a sports videography company. It should have stayed a sports videography company. It should have never turned into like, hey, we'll go get you recruited and develop relationships with college coaches. Because what I found is that it spread us thin. So, you know, you, you said in the beginning, being a one trick pony. I'm actually going to uh, be contrarian to that right now and say, you need to be a one trick pony until you find success. Um, John Lee Dumas says it a lot. Fo uh, focus on one course until success. That's what the acronym for focus is. Okay. Um, and so to me, I, I put it in a different way. It's uh, an acronym called MAS, M-A-S or MAS if you're Spanish. Um, master automate scale, and then you can move on. So like for me, the one thing I didn't do in that business is I didn't, I, I mastered the, the filming side of it. And we were making amazing videos. People were sending, you know, referrals left and right, but I didn't learn how to automate it. And I definitely didn't learn how to scale it. And so I mastered something. And then I went and said, let me go master this thing too. And before you knew it, I was being taken away from the main thing that I was mastering because I wasn't automating it and scaling it. Wow. And I started saying, let's, let's master all these things. And before I knew it, I wasn't making any, hardly any income in any of it while working 80 hours a week. Um, so for those of you that, you know, have this thing and say, um, you know, let's, let's even just call it like a multi-level marketing thing. Cause I've been there too, you know, don't, don't get into that and then get shiny object syndrome and say, well, I'm also going to go like start my own Amazon store and learn how to sell that online, like figure out the one thing master it, automate it and scale it to the point where if you are on vacation or do want to start something else, it's still making money and growing like that. That's the real key. Is it growing while also working on its own while you're away? Then you can say, okay, now what else can I add to my repertoire? And so that's, that's why when you said, you know, Hey, Kyle, you have a lot of irons in the fire in a lot of different areas. It's, it's because I've been able to master automate and scale my Airbnb business and then be able to move on and try some other things at the same time. Wow. I mean, 
like I said, for a lot of people listening in, I mean, these are, these are really golden nuggets that you're just giving us. Um, and from that point, you know, mastering and scaling, I mean, now, obviously you, you've been able to do that, but you were saying that in the beginning, were you not open to learning that? Cause you, you referenced like it being an ego thing. It wasn't, that I wasn't open to learning it. I'm always, I love learning. Um, I just think that it was one of those things that I wasn't actively le- looking for someone you know, you get into real estate and you're like, wow, there's so much education everywhere, right? You yes. know, it's, you literally have to live under a rock to not learn about real estate. Um, but you go back to 2000, it was 2012 and, you know, podcasts weren't really a thing at that point. Uh, YouTube was really more about entertainment than it was about education. Um, online courses were very minimal. Um, so it was mainly either get a book or find a mentor. And in my mind, no one was doing what I was doing because I was, again, ignorant and there was a little bit of ego there too. But, you know, I could look at any type of business model and say, hey, you know, you're successful in, oh gosh, let's just, let's just say that someone had successfully opened, I don't know, a, a local grocery store and then was able to franchise it or able to open up multiple grocery stores and they're able to manage it from far away. Like, that, that could be someone that I could learn from. I could learn how they set up systems and why systems were important and why they didn't also create at the same time, you know, a grocery store. They weren't also working on, uh, you know, making the, the local zoo. Like, you know, the, they were focusing on one thing and I could, I definitely could have learned from people like that. Um, I just don't think that it was something that I um, was even aware of at that point. Okay. Yeah. And now uh, what I, what I actually wanted to ask you, you know, after and transitioning into your next, uh, did you start a business right after that? Or did that, you kind of like wait until um, it off? I had shiny object syndrome while I was in that business too, uh, by getting into a multi-level marketing company, which I don't, I don't regret any of the things I did. I think I had a lot of shiny object syndrome, but I also think you get that because you're not completely convinced that the thing that you're in at that point is actually the thing you're going to do. Like today, you couldn't get me to, um, if someone says, Hey, I'm making, you know, $500,000 a month as a day trader, you, you just couldn't get my attention. I I'm so dead set on growing what I've got. Whereas back then running a business that I felt like was having a tough time, I was looking for other ways to make money. And I got into a multi-level marketing company and I can't remember even what your question is now. So <laughs> I was just asking that transition that that transition. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, I started doing that and uh, found myself being more passionate about that a couple of years in. And uh, basically my, it was, it was this battle of like, do I, do I keep on trying to grow a business that I'm now frustrated with? Or do I go after this multi-level marketing thing where I'm just surrounded by incredible education, incredible people that are expanding my mindset helping me to become a better salesperson, a better networker, um, a better person just overall. And that was what really started to grab my attention. So that was 2017 when I really started to uh, just dive into that full time and, and started to let the other business just kind of dissolve. Okay. I know it's kind of tough too, probably like making that decision, being in the position of, hey, should I continue this or put all my effort in this basket? What was kind of going on you know, in, in your mindset, when you were making those decisions, what came, like, what was the, the conclusion that you came yeah, to? Yeah, you know, the toughest part about it was that I had a business partner, um, and he was just so sold on 
on making the, making, you know, the business work. And I just wasn't anymore. So that was the toughest thing was, um, being on different pages. Um, and so from a, just a personal standpoint though, it was my first business and, you know, everyone from the outside, it was called real recruits. Um, a lot of people would ask me like, Hey, how's real recruits going? And it just felt so deflating to, you know, say, Oh, you know, we're kind of dissolving it because it felt like admitting failure. Right. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I learned is that you don't fail in a, if, if you, if you quit a business or you sell a business or you dissolve a business, it's not a failed um, attempt. It's just a, the next step into getting you towards what you want your lifestyle to eventually look like. So I didn't give up on the lifestyle goal. I just gave up on the business and decided, okay, I learned this. Now let's apply it to the next thing. Um, and I think every single thing that I did, multi-level marketing, I learned so many amazing things, but I also learned that it takes a very, very specific type of person to be super successful at that. And so moving forward, I knew I was looking for something where I didn't have to be the one to motivate people in order to determine my success. Like I wanted to be able to motivate people and to um, have an impact on people's lives without it determining my success. So that was why I moved on to the next thing. And then the next thing after that ended up being real estate. And um, that's, you know, I love, I love it because, you know, I, I can hire people for a job rather than try to motivate, motivate people to do a job. Right. You know, and that's, that's the find biggest the difference right for me. Find the right people. Yeah. Now, with all this being said, I know we're kind of going through your story. Um, I know you lived in San Diego and you went to school out there. Uh, you said Point Loma, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So did you grow up in that area originally, like San Diego or where are you from? No, no. I grew up in Fresno, uh, oh. went to college in San Diego, and then uh, ended up coming back to Fresno. Um, I was gone for 10 years and came back in 2017. In between that, you went, you were in Arizona? Yeah, uh, San Diego to Colorado, where I was a sports anchor for two years, and then um, and then Arizona for four years. Wow! So you've really you've done a lot. I know you kind of skipped over being a sports anchor. What was that like? Uh, you know, it was it was fun. Um, it, everyone, you know, a lot of people ask me like, why didn't you pursue that? Well, um, when your first two years of being in the industry, they're paying you under twenty thousand um, dollars. It's it's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> pretty rough. Um, and I just looked at, a again, I, I made up my own mind because of my own individual strengths that I, or, or, and, or weaknesses, however you look at it, um, knowing that I work much better when I have creative freedom and don't have to show up at a certain time or don't have to, um, answer to a certain person. Right. Um, and so for, for me, recognizing that, I said, I, I just, I shouldn't be doing this. It wasn't, it wasn't even sports anchoring. It was just the fact that like, I shouldn't be working for someone else. I'm just not going to, at the end of the day, be, be happy. So um, yeah, that was, um, that was probably the big determining factor. It's also a very negative atmosphere in the news, not sports, but in the news, you know, in you're general, surrounded yeah. by people yeah, who are, if it bleeds, it leads and they're looking for the next, you know, drama and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it, it, it takes an, a, a toll on you. Uh, I kind of, I kind of feel like the two years I, I look like, you know, Obama after eight years, you know, the before becoming president <laughs> after being president, <laughs> the two years of being in the news aged me a little bit. That's funny that you say that. Um, what I wanted to uh, just capitalize on, you had said, um, I mean, you're, 
the way you articulate those scenarios and in, in you describing um, that, hey, I had to analyze my strengths and weaknesses. That wasn't for me. I mean, you're, you're breezing over it like if it was an easy decision. In those moments, though, like, was it hard for you to say, hey, you know, I really don't want to do this? I mean, because you went to school for, I would imagine, something along the lines of that, right? Yeah. Um, it wasn't because growing up, my parents always have, you know, said, you know, just follow what you want to do. And if you're happy, we'll be happy for you. We'll support you. So um, there was no like, oh my gosh, you know, my parents are going to be unhappy or I'm going to be unhappy because I went to school for this for four years and spent, you know, whatever it is, $120,000, $150,000 on school. And, and now you're just like moving on to the next thing. I just think life is a bunch of learning lessons that there is no straight path. And if you look at, you know, decisions as a disappointment, then you're just not going to learn from them. So I don't think I'd be where I'm at today had I not made the decisions in the past that I did make. You know, I talk about all the time where like I'd go back and start being an entrepreneur and start a business while I was in high school and I wouldn't even needed college. But at the same time, would that have led me to where I'm at today? Um, probably not. Would it be better? Would it be worse? I have no idea, but I don't really think about that a lot. I just think about the fact that like, you know, hey, I, I got a degree in media communications. It led me into an industry that I thought was going to be my career, but it wasn't, but it taught me how to be articulate. It taught me how to be on camera. It taught me how to uh, interview people. It taught me how to work with deadlines. And, um, you know, that led to the next job, which was being a business owner. And that helped me to learn from mistakes. And then it led me to a sales job in multi-level marketing that helped me with learning more sales. And, and I just, you know, it, it's, you know, it's just like connecting the dots, right? Like it just leads yeah. you to the next thing and it's the butterfly effect. You know, that's, that's all it really is. It's awesome that you say that. And, you know, I just wanted to ask you personally, just because I, I know in my circle, there are people that, you know, gone to school, they did that and they're finding probably, I would imagine, cause I, I know I ran into the situation, you know, much like yourself, like, do I really want to do that? You know, and, and you're almost in that position. Um, but the support of your parents, I think, is also extremely important because if you have people in your circle holding those things against you in, in those tough times, I mean, I just think it'd be very difficult to even find yourself or find growth uh, in what you're doing, if that makes sense. But uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Now, yeah, kind of moving forward where we're at, because uh, the, the, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to bring you on, I wanted to uh, dive into the whole Airbnb uh, you know, industry in general. Yeah. So you, you stumbled across it from a friend and, you know, he was telling you, Hey, this is how much money you can make. I know that that was exciting. And, uh, from, from that other podcast, I had heard you say that you started it over there. And then when you moved to Fresno, you didn't even think that it was going to be, uh, successful, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you go from Phoenix, Arizona, where literally I was probably 50 to 60% uh, occupied. And with a room out of the house, it was going for between 40 to $45 a night. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, all those people that were going there, they were going for business. Um, you know, Phoenix is a very big hotspot for um, entrepreneurs who are, you know, looking to start businesses because there's just so much opportunity over there. And, you know, they're going for spring training, they're going for the food festivals, they're going for concerts. And I'm like, no one in Fresno has any of that. Like, so I'm just like, it's, it's just not going to happen. So when I moved there, when I moved back to Fresno in 2017, um, 
first few weeks, I just didn't even try. I didn't even list it on Airbnb. And then I kind of got, you know, my, my, all my furniture in place and I got everything. And I was like, you know what? I'm kind of bored tonight. Let's just list it and see what happens. And literally that night someone booked and showed up and I was like, why are you here? Yeah. And it was him and his wife and they were just like, yeah, you know, we're in town to see family. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But it's gonna be few and far between long story short. I ended up being on average, like 60 to 70% booked at the same rates as I was in Phoenix for just a room out of my house in Fresno. I was getting better uh, results in Fresno. And I was like, it's, it still was just, you know, it was crazy to me, but honestly, long story short, 2018, I, I decided to test this out. I'm like, what happens if I rent out the entire house? I'll put, I'll put all my stuff in, in, um, like a locked closet, all the stuff that I care about. And I'll see what happens when I'm gone for a weekend. And in three days, I went away. I probably spent on that trip of being away $200. I made $450 at my Airbnb the three days that I was gone. And I was like, that just paid for my trip and then some. Like, that is super powerful. What, what have I been missing out on? So that's what kind of got my wheels spinning. I need to get more into, into like le learning about more passive investments. And I still, it's funny, man. Like, even though that was right in front of me, I was still just like, ah, it's, it's not Airbnb though. Like, that's not what it is. <laughs> it's, it, it's just what that taught me was just passive investments. I need to learn about passive. And so started, you know, listening to different podcasts, bigger pockets, Cardone zone, all these different things. I was hearing about apartments and, and I was just like, okay, I need to get in apartments. But then I looked at prices for apartments. I was like, oh, I can't afford an apartment. <laughs> and so, um, long story short, I went to a seminar, uh, about flipping and I got into flipping and it was, I picked up this property about five months into starting my flipping career that I was going to Burr. Uh, Burr stands for buy, rent, Oh, sorry, buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat. Um, so basically, you can get into a property uh, at, if you get it at the right price and refinance it while upgrading it and basically have a property for free. That's the, the long, the, the short version of it. Um, <clears throat> but when I was refinancing this, I was, or when I was rehabbing, I was like, man, maybe this would be a good Airbnb. Maybe I'd just try that. And so again, education, right? Just started listening to podcasts about Airbnb. And someone pops up talking about this whole idea that you can do Airbnb without actually owning a property. And I was just like, wait, what did he say? Like, I thought you have to have the title. I thought you have to like prove that this is your own. Like, I thought I just, I didn't know what I was thinking, but I'd never thought about it that way. And honestly, man, that was the light bulb moment that, um, and that was April, 2019, May 2019, I got my first home uh, that, or my first apartment that I didn't even own. And then again, from 2019 in May all the way until December 2020, we accumulated 25 properties, uh, about 80% of which we do not own. Wow. That, that's a lot. I mean, just going and scaling at that speed, you know, and, and kind of how you were saying earlier, like COVID kind of helped you guys out to where you have all these people just because you know, being, being in your mentorship last year, uh, when the whole thing happened, you're like, you know what, I don't even know what's going to happen, but you stayed in it and you stayed doing what you were doing. And I even saw like for a short period of time, you were doing, um, what is like month to month rentals, I believe. For yeah. Like properties. Yeah. That, that was, uh, again, a, a failed experiment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I think what you can pull from it, and I know you already have is you're just failing forward. You're, you're, yep. 
continuing to find out and fine tune the things that do work and the things that don't work. Yeah. Well, and what I learned from that is I never want to be a regular landlord. Um, that's what I learned from it. So, um, failing forward there is just knowing like, Hey, if, if I ever do have to be a regular landlord on, on a majority of properties, I'm going to be outsourcing that as quickly as possible. Uh, because that was just a nightmare. Shoot. I'm honestly, I'm really blessed to the fact that my tenants have been extremely helpful. And I tell them all the time I see them like, Hey, thank you guys. There's anything you need. Let me know. Because during this whole you know, thing that's been going on. I mean, a lot of the rent laws have changed. It's tough. And for small guys like myself, you know, it's like, I don't want to pay another company to come in and and manage and and do all that. So I've been blessed and I know, but I know there, there are a lot of different horror stories. Um, Share with us, if you don't mind, like, what are some things that, I mean, in the moment, I've seen quite a few of your posts being in the, the Airbnb mastermind group. Uh, but share some, you know, just um, hiccups that you've experienced that, that you've had to overcome. And Airbnb? Uh, Airbnb or just investing in general? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the biggest hiccups in Airbnb is just learning the systems that you have to implement in order to make this um make this really solid. So uh, a friend of mine who's in the space too, his name's Jay, Jay Massey. Um, he says it really well. You work your hardest on your business and he's referring to Airbnb, but I think this applies to all businesses. You, re- you work your hardest when you're at your smallest and it gets easier as you get bigger. Wow. So it's funny. Most people don't think that way. And I didn't think that way. I figured, you know, more, pro- what do they say? More money, more problems, or like yeah, yeah. the bigger you get, you know, the, the harder you fall and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's, it's funny because when you're at your smallest um, is when you are um, the most protective of your income. You know, you don't want to give away any of your income because you're like, and it's just like what you said, Steph, like, I'm not going to go pay someone to manage this because that's money that can be in my pocket. Now say that same thing when you have 200 doors. Okay. I can guarantee you, you're not going to be saying that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I noticed and what, what really like we had to do and had to figure out is how do we scale and how do we get bigger? um, Especially in Airbnb, like in a regular rental, a lot easier to wrap your head around, scaling because you're like yeah someone just goes and lives there and of course like if there's a a issue with the toilet i'll call the handyman airbnb we've got you know sometimes 13 to 15 turnovers per month per property that means that a cleaner has to get in there at 11 a.m when the guest is checking out and it has to be ready by 4 p.m when the next guest is checking in now think about that over 20 different properties if you have 20 turnovers in one day like that's really tough to wrap your mind around And then, hey, you know, we want to give them a hotel-like experience, which means that we need to be by our phones or, you know, we need to have someone by the phones all the time if there's an issue so that they're jumping on those issues. Again, like for one or two, that's easy to think about, but it's really tough to wrap your mind around doing that for 20 different properties. And so that's where I think a lot of people start to like get in their own way and think, hey, I don't know how we're going to be able to get bigger. And, and that was me too. I was, I was at seven or eight and I'm like, you know, I probably could get to 10 and be okay, you know, and, and that's where I was at. But then you just learn that because you have more money, 
um, because your business is bringing in more money. You can bring in more bodies, more people to um, help with these situations. And suddenly before you know it, you know, you look back, I'm looking back and I'm like, man, I was working my butt off for like, call it seven properties and making about seven or $8,000 a month. And now today we've got almost 30 and I might put in three to four hours a week. And, and that's, that's a really amazing place to be. But, um, I think the, the biggest, so to answer your question, the hiccup was not trusting that I could get there or not knowing how to be able to get there. And, um, so the, the solution was just, you know, learn systems and learn from others and, and implement these systems so that you can get there. Man, as you're, as you're saying all these things, there's a lot of knowledge. And I have, I had like four questions as you were going through and I'm like, Oh, what sure. should I ask? Yeah. Um, so in saying that, uh, the first question that I want to ask you is now your main focus, like one of your main focuses is Airbnb as far as like the, the, you know, income that it's giving you and everything. Um, and I wanted to ask you, so when did you decide for yourself that you were going to, cause uh, when I first met you, you were doing Airbnb and you were also flipping, I think predominantly at that yeah. time. When did you decide like, Hey, Airbnb is going to be more lucrative to scale. I'm kind of going to kind of put some more eggs in this basket. And then if other deals arrive, you know, arrive and present themselves, like I'll, I'll just go ahead and handle that. When did you decide to make that transition? That's a, that's a good question. Um, I, I think really like, it was probably five months into being an Airbnb um, when people, so I had this scarcity mindset about Airbnb when I first got into it. I wasn't telling anyone about it. Um, I think when you and I met and when you heard me both on the podcast and then I think we met in person over at yeah, the Pace yeah, and Jamil. I think we met uh, at a, that uh, event with Pace Morby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with Pace, Pace and Jamil. Yeah. So um, that was towards the end of 2019, I think. Um, and just a few months before that, I, I switched my mindset from scarcity to abundance. And the reason being is um, Jason Pritchard, who's someone that I'm sure you know is here yeah, in Fresno and yeah, big time investor. He, he has a meetup group and he was, it, you know, when you're in, in class and the teacher is like talking about something you shouldn't do and you feel like they're literally like looking oh, right at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the way I felt at all of his meetups. And he, cause I was just thinking to myself, like, no one knows about Airbnb. I felt, felt like Schmeagle with the precious, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to let anyone touch my Airbnb. And, and, uh, I, I got to uh, the point where I'm just like, man, Jason keeps talking about like, you know, abundance mindset, give, expect nothing in return. It'll come back tenfold. He kept saying, trust me, that's just the way it happens. And, and he was sharing his stories and I'm just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to start talking about it and we're going to see what happens. Um, and so it was right around that time when I started talking about it on my podcast and I started sharing it with some higher level investors that I knew I had something that, um, people really wanted to know about and, and honestly were like craving to know about. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, I was like, this is one of those moments where I kind of feel like this is what I need to do then. Um, because a, if I'm one of the first to do it, people will probably end up coming to me as the expert and exactly. B, um, I, I want to get ahead of the curve. And so that's, that is, you know, luckily what has happened. Man, and it definitely has. I mean, because when I saw you at the, uh, at that event with Pace, I was like, man, 
I was, my mind was already moving. I had listened to that podcast. I had heard you talk already and it had been something in my mind, like I wanted to do it and I still do to this day. Uh, so I know when the time is right, uh, I will definitely link up with you, but you know, you're a hundred percent right. And I want to bring up, um, one thing that you mentioned, cause I, I brought it up on a few other episodes, but I'm, I'm loving the fact that you out of all people have brought it up because you're doing all these things, you know, you, you're, you have a lot of, uh, profit coming in, but abundance mindset is important. I, I believe, uh, kind of, kind of go into that a little bit. Why, I mean, how, why in the beginning was it hard for you and to identify with like, Hey, I don't want to share this with other people. Cause that's important in, in today's day and age. Yeah. Um, it's so contradictory to what we believe and what not, I don't even say, want to say what we're taught. Um, cause I don't know necessarily where I would have been taught, you know, a scarcity mindset per se, it might be developed. No. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's just one of those things, right. When you just think you have something that no one else knows about and you, and it's just so special, then you go into this like fear of what if other people find out about it? What if it gets saturated? What if I create competition? You know, all these things happen. And the answer to that is it's all going to happen. All of that is absolutely going to happen. I've created competition. Um, I've created, I, we haven't seen saturation happen, but that is a very possible thing. Uh, but I, at the end of the day, realized like, I'm not like, who am I? What, what is my ego where I think that one person can, can make all of that stuff happen? You know, like uh, there's no way that, only Kyle Stanley can, by sharing something, destroy uh, his own business or other people's Airbnb businesses. Like that's so stupid. And so if, if then I can't have that kind of negative impact, then why wouldn't I want to have a positive impact? Um, and, and that's really where it was, is I just was like, okay, you know, I, I do find myself having some knowledge that people are craving. Um, so let's just give in to this abundance mindset. I did what Jason said. I just trusted it, even though I was still very scared. Um, right. I was, um, I was really fearful that, you know, I was going to have all these, you know, things happen of creating competition and saturation and yada, yada, yada. I mean, um, like but gold and you feel like if you're sharing the gold, then my well, yeah. dry up, right. My vein, it's going to, it's going to disappear. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I think about that a lot and here's where I think I'd be. I really think I still have the same seven to 10 Airbnbs. Um, I know that a lot of people around me probably wouldn't be doing it. And I would be, um, you know, looking for deals a lot harder and um, working a lot harder today and probably making um, a third of the amount of money that I have been able to bring in. And I, I just think that because of helping other people, um, People came, you know, well, as soon as I started opening and had this abundance mindset, it's like, it's like people told me what they needed, you know, it's, instead of me guessing, you know, I've, I've done, I've done a lot of different things in my life that have dealt with sales and trying to sell a product. And I'm always guessing like what people want. It was like, as soon as I abundantly gave without any expectation in return, um, people were like, tell me more about this. How do you do this? Um, can you teach me this way? And, and it was just like, wow, I can, I can gather all this together and, you know, put it into, um, a, a service that I can provide. 
which is managing for other people's properties. And then B, for all these people that really want to do it on their own, I can create a consulting or an education program that can literally help them go and achieve those goals. And, and that's where, you know, both of those are the bulk of my, my income. And then, like you said, because I was able to create some great relationships now too, people will bring me deals, um, some flips and some wholesale deals and some subject twos. And um, there's been just a lot of, a lot of doors that it's open that I just never expected it to. Man, and a lot of, like I said, a lot of that's important. I, I think some advice that you can, I mean, that you're giving to a lot of the people is, hey, be out there, network, you know, share, share ideas that you have, because I feel like today's age, and, and I've even worked um, in, in some companies where they're, they've had that scarcity mindset, you know, like, oh, this is going to be only us. But when you think like that, I mean, you're kind of limiting yourself, right? Like you were kind of saying, you're, you're definitely putting the cap on your potential and, and all that there is, because I feel like we're here to, to share. We're here yeah. to, you know. Uh, well, especially as entrepreneurs, like if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you're going to start a business, then everyone needs to know about your business. And what better way for people to know about your business than getting just raving referrals from other people who said like, yeah, Kyle or Stefan know their stuff about this. And like, they talk about it all the time on their podcast or, you know, I sent, I had lunch with them and they told me about things that I've never even heard of. And like, it's those, it's those lasting impacts that you make on people from what you know up here and what you really uh, can provide as value. Uh, that makes them want to want to share your name with other people. Like I, I, I'm very blessed that when people hear the word Airbnb and Fresno, most people say call Kyle. Like my phone rings on a weekly basis with a new lead of someone that has a tenant moving out, and they want to know what they can make on Airbnb. Like that's it's a really special place to be, but it came from having an abundance mindset, not a scarcity mindset. And that's interesting, you know, like I said, that you, you mentioned all this. Now, the first person that I talked to, um, I believe you helped him. His name was Al. He's out here in Visalia. Um, I met him at a, one of the Jason Pritchard's uh, Burr events where he mm -hmm. went over the strategy and everything. And I think you were there, but I didn't meet you at that at this time. This was before uh, the other event. But um, I had I was just talking and networking with a few people. And this gentleman, his name is Al. He was like, you know. Um, they're looking into Airbnb, Kyle Stanley's the man, he helped me out over here. So from that point, that's, you know, like I said, that's what uh, puts you on the map in my mind. And yeah. then you also uh, helped out uh, Alex Burgos, I believe, out of Porterville yeah. Yeah. with the unit out there. And I went to the high school across the street. So I know where that building is at. And when I nice. heard about that, and I seen it, I was like, what? No way you could do that with this. Right. I, I thought the same thing, to be honest, when I showed up, I was like, oh, we'll see how this works. And he's killing it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, with all that being said, you know, you, you've really shared with us a lot of golden, um, like I said, nuggets, a lot of wisdom with that. Now, I want to open this up and I want you to kind of explain because you have a, a course out there for people that are interested in, in Airbnb. Um, right. I want to kind of open that up for you just to kind of explain for the people that are interested that are looking for the mentorship uh, and help. Uh, I want you to kind of share with what they can expect by tuning in. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I want to first start with where they can get some some free help from me first. Um, because I think there's there's a lot of a lot of people and you know, here, here's where I think people are at. Um, they're, they're either going to go the, the free route, 
which is going to be, you know, YouTube University, which there's no problem with that. I know a lot of people that have created successful businesses just by learning on YouTube, but it takes a lot of time and it takes figuring out, well, who's sharing the right information and who's not. Um, or you're going to go the education route of buying a course like mine, and you're going to get the streamline. You're going to save time. You're going to honestly save money. Even though you're spending money, you're going to save money because you're going to make more money quicker. Um, and then you're going to also not make the mistakes. Just like what I talked about earlier, right? You, they don't have to be your mistakes. You can learn from my mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes that I share in my course and tell people, make sure you don't do this because this is what I did. Um, so with that being said, if you want to go the free route, um, my YouTube channel and my podcast are awesome um, for, for helping you to be able to learn a lot of the strategies that I'm using. FearlessKyle.com, you can find both of them there, or you can just Google the Fearless Investor. Um, we've got a free Facebook group, Stefan, that you talked about, the uh, Airbnb Masterminds. It's growing by about five to 10 people a day right now, which is super exciting to see. A lot of people are getting great, um, great information from there. Um, and I've started doing some free webinars in there as well to teach people and to accelerate their learning. Um, and then of course on Instagram, I'm sharing a lot of knowledge too at fearless Kyle. Um, but yeah, the, the courses, I, I love, I love the course. It's, it's a course plus group coaching. I think there's no such thing as getting a hundred percent of the answers that you need in a course, uh, because you just can't go over every single scenario in a course, right. You know, right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we get people all the time who are like, yeah, I took the course, uh, but I had this situation and thank God for the group coaching because I don't know what I would have done at that point. So the group coaching is meant to kind of like fill in. It's kind of like 80-20. You get 80% of the knowledge you need from the course and you get 20% of like answering the questions along the way in the group coaching. Um, so the course, very simply, it's going to help you master, automate, and scale a six-figure Airbnb business. And I give you the roadmap of how I did it in under 18 months. I got to six figures in under um, in under 12 months, but I, I give you the roadmap of how I got to 25 units and 20K income over 18 months. And I show you um, from raising money to locating properties, having conversations with landlords to convince them to let you sublease or to manage for them, um, showing you how to be able to get your business system set up, showing you how to get the listing set up, how to communicate with guests, how to find teammates, and then eventually how do you automate all of that so that you can scale and maybe even move on to another, um, another business or maybe move your one market um, and move into two or three markets. Um, that's, that's the whole goal of it is to help you do all that. So um, it's called the Airbnb Kickstart course. It's at fearlesskyle.com. And, um, yeah, it's at a 20% discount right now. So, um, not sure how long that'll last, but definitely would love to see you guys join. Awesome. And all of what you said, I will link everything in the YouTube video description. So if they want Perfect. to, find you, they can definitely, uh, just click on some links and get all the information that they need. Now with all of that, uh, again, being said, Kyle, uh, I want to open up the platform and give you the opportunity. Is there anything that you want to share with anybody, whether it be mindset, Airbnb, uh, for anybody, you know, just some general advice for people tuning in, because th honestly, this is um, this can supplement a lot of people's income if they're if they're open and they want to find that opportunity. You know, I, I definitely think it can help them. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I think more of just some some life advice. Um, you know, a lot of people are told something that I think just from experience is not true. Um, and that is if you do what you're passionate about, 
then it'll never feel like you are working a day in your life. Um, I, I don't agree with that because I think we find out what we're passionate about and we try to monetize it. And when we try to monetize it, we actually forget about some of the things that um, are going to come with that, that actually start making us despise our passions. Um, and my example for that is when I became a sports broadcaster, I, I thought for sure, like, oh my gosh, baseball is my number one. And I want to do that as a job. And then when you, when I got to really looking at it, I'm like, Hey, I don't like being told what to do. I like creative freedom. Uh, B I, I don't want to travel for six months out of the year. I want to be able to be a family man eventually. And, and there was just all these different things where I was just like, man, I am going to hate baseball. I'm going to, and I'm not going to feel like, you know, uh, like what people say, which is follow your passion. You'll never feel like you're being, uh, having to work a day in your life. That was not going to be uh, what it was. So what I would say is figure out the lifestyle that you want, design a business around that, and then you will never feel like you're working a day in your life. I, I am not passionate about Airbnb and the hospitality industry. I never <laughs> thought that I would be passionate about that. Okay. Yeah. But what I, what I love and the reason I feel like I, I don't work a day in my life is because I have something that like, I, first of all, my why is very strong. And then second of all, this feeds my why. And it allows me, you know, I just went on vacation this last month twice. And I think we ended up being uh, out of town, me and my girlfriend for about a total of 12 days. The Airbnbs um, more than paid for my trips. The systems that I have in place allowed me to be away from my phone and not have to be by work all the time. Um, and for that reason, man, I just, I love my life and I love feeding into my work every day because it, it provides me with the lifestyle on a daily basis or on a monthly basis that I want to be able to, to have that freedom. So, um, and, and now like I have enough money to be able to go and say, okay, let's get season tickets to the Cubs and move to Chicago for a summer. And like, that's feeding my passion. I don't have to be the sports broadcaster for them. I don't have to be at the ballpark every day in a working fashion. I can go and have a couple beers while I'm there and a hot dog and not have anyone like telling me I can't do that, you know? <laughs> and so yeah. like, that's, that's to me, um, true, uh, true feeling like, you know, you're, you're, not working is when you're building a business that is designed around what you want your lifestyle to look like. Awesome. Kyle, thank you for your time today. Everything that you're saying, I mean, I think a lot of people can really relate. And not only that, I think that just with what you said, if someone's going through something right now, or they're tied in between like, hey, I'm at this job, I don't know what I'm going to do, or if they're even thinking about chasing something that they're passionate about. I, I think, like you said, designing a business around the life that you want is important because if not, we're kind of just, you know, taking it day by day. And before you know it, five years went by, seven years went by and you're still in the same spot that you wish, you know, that you weren't earlier. Um, yeah. But with, with all that, again, Kyle, thank you very much for, for just carving out time for me today. Um, everybody embrace now doubt kills live your legacy. And thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it.